0: Dear ones, you're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hello, listeners. This is Father Michael. Today's episode is Mother Natalia's, and she is talking especially about what it's like to be healed or in the process of healing and what that means to those around us or to have those around us. are in the process of healing we talk about um, what reality is living in the present and how in that moment in that reality is the only place where god can act so if we are either worried about the future or regretting the past our lord cannot work there as much as he can work in the present reality but also how that present reality um, is helpful to both the past and the future um we talk about how relationships, even if they are peaceful, even if they are are happy and fun, how they may still be dangerous and how to step away or put boundaries up in those relationships um, so that both parties can grow better and, and closer to our Lord. Um, we also debate uh, our own personalities and how what it means to be annoying and uh, what it means to need a break. And, and how each of us would take that if it came up in, in a discussion so a fun conversation uh, if you are a hashtag banter hater go about 8 minutes and 30 seconds from the end of this recording um, but you may want to go a bit sooner than that because we kind of ease into the topic without e- knowing we're easing into the topic
1: glory to Jesus Christ
0: glory forever
1: Christ is ascended we <laughs> <laughs> I heard that as like O U I as Sounds in the like French we.
0: Jesus is unsure if he ascended or not. <laughs> <All right.
1: laughs> um Father Michael, I don't have anything to banter about and so I asked you for a funny story and you were like, I don't like to prepare for banters. So <laughs> then I said that you had to lead it. So uh, what do you want to talk about?
0: Um I think we should follow Matt Frad's lead and just have Five minutes of silence for Jesus' prayer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to do that.
0: Okay. Um, This is your topic. So if you can hear stuff in the background, what you're hearing is the mix of Los Angeles. So we are outside together. High five. Um, Together. Mother is visiting me here in Los Angeles. And you can probably hear Sepulveda Boulevard, the cars, and you can probably hear... Van Nuys Airport, namely police and news helicopters and rich people, airplanes. And you can probably hear even better than that, thank God, all the birds.
1: I really am enjoying hearing the birds as we record. I
0: think we actually hear more birds here than we did at Christ the Bridegroom when we recorded there.
1: Oh, I'm sure that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Also, because we were in the middle of like a cornfield, there we're, <laughs> we're actually surrounded by uh,
1: trees, by trees and <laughs>
0: nature. That's true. And um, the organ guy came and replaced our our uh, rat poison boxes today because the Sheeran's dog got into it and almost oh, died. No, <laughs> we don't know. She, I think she. All I did was I found like a half-chewed block of rat poison sitting on a table. And I think what happened was is she probably got into it or someone got into it, pulled it out, the someone. dog got it. And then somebody picked it up not knowing what it was and just like put it on the table. Mm. But you're not even supposed to touch that with your hands. So anyway, I, I suspect it was just the dog that got into it. So I I, I contacted the dork and I was like, hey, we need safer boxes because we have dogs and children around here. So, But supposedly Los Angeles is overrun by rats. I have not seen a single one. I've seen raccoons, I've seen possums, I've seen humans. Um, lots of them.
1: I've seen humans. I was
0: going to say, we we're actually, this is quite a risk sitting out here because we have children may come out to greet us, which would be amazing. I did think about that. We may have people come like Adrian to give me the RV key. We may have people come that I want to go like say hi, welcome to the church. We may have like locals on the struggle bus who decide to walk in here and cause trouble. Like.
1: Can you just pause recording on this? Yeah, I think so. So it might actually be easier than Squadcast. That's true. Can you pause recording on Squadcast?
0: Uh, I've never I thought about that. So. I suspect so. You mean? I, I, but I don't want to tell you because then I will.
1: Because then you won't just get up from the mic and be like, "I'm going to go do something, do something
0: just entertaining, go, just
1: talk about something, <laughs> tell entertain the listeners.
0: They get bored real quick." <laughs>
1: Um, this is the problem I can't think I just I can't just like think of entertaining things on the spot which is why I was like (laughs) Father Michael give me a funny story that I can share and you're just like no
0: you should you should like write song let's write a song right now oh the little hippopotamus how do these things come (laughs)
1: into your brain
0: (laughs) it's like you gotta do this when you're a parent you haven't been a spiritual mother long enough you have to write stories and little songs for your kids (laughs) Ask Libby. I sing her the hippopotamus song. (laughs) (laughs) You are
1: such a strange person. I love you a lot, but you're just very strange. We've spent a lot of time together um, (laughs) these last uh, week.
0: So I Marco Polo'd a friend, and and I I did say it weird. I I said, hey, mother and I are driving from Cleveland to Akron, and then we're going to go to L.A., and she very understandably thought I meant we're going to drive to l a um but alas, we were not. We were driving to go see a friend in Akron and then back to Cleveland to fly out to go to l a and so she Marco pulled it back and uh and was just like, "Do you guys ever get sick of each other like <laughs> And the mother's listening to all this because I had the Marco pull a volume up and 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 she's like, "Do you ever just say to one another like?" I needed an hour. I needed an hour where neither of us are talking, <laughs> just an hour of silence. We're around each other too much, an hour of silence, no talking. And she said, like, this is a really good friend of mine. So she says, like, I think, I think I would be fine. I think she's, I think she said to me, I think you'd be fine if I asked for that. she, she's probably a little bit different, but she's like, if she said, look, we were hanging out a lot. I need an hour without you talking. I would be just fine with that. (laughs) And so mother thought that was hilarious. So by the time (laughs) I returned the Marco Polo, um, mother was still laughing from her saying this. And then I was able to show her how much she laughed. And then mother and I agreed that that uh, I don't think you might be telling me this.
1: Oh, I was about to tell it, actually. <laughs> I was like, so I was like, could
0: we do like what about ten minutes? This was like
1: this was like the next day or a couple yeah, of days later. We were
0: sitting in the airport. Yeah. I was and then I what did we say, ten minutes? Uh-huh. And I was like, What if we did ten minutes? And I said, Let's shake right now and say that either if either of us need ten minutes of silence from the other person or just in general, we'll ask and we won't get offended. And she's like, I would definitely get offended. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I wouldn't. It'll be very one sided. But if you ever need me to shut up for 10 minutes straight or even an hour, I will do that. Well,
1: that's but- that's where I took it. Like <laughs> you first said, Well, let's just agree. Like either of us could ask for 10 minutes and um and we won't be hurt. And I was like, no, absolutely I would be hurt. Absolutely I would be hurt. And then I said, um, but I know you wouldn't. And so like, let's agree. I can always ask for 10 minutes when I want it and you won't be hurt. And you're like, Great, agree. And then we <laughs> shake on it. Um, but if you ever ask me, like, just don't speak to me for ten minutes. I'm gonna be horribly <laughs> horribly hurt.
0: Uh well that's when my brother I don't think even i be saying this, my brother Joseph says, Yeah, me and the wife, they've been married what, like eight 10 years. years. Ten years, ten years. And he's I think like, ten years. Yeah, we quite haven't quite mastered the whole, like, I just need <laughs> I need to be quiet for a little bit and not be offended by me asking you to be quiet for a little bit. <laughs> And I was like, I can totally imagine that. I I think I think it's one of those things. I hate to say it, that when there's I'm not I'm not gonna mention sex or gender. I'm just gonna say in, it oftentimes <laughs> oftentimes in a relationship, a married relationship I imagine, um, if there's one person that could actually take that quite well and not be not take it personally, just like, you know what? Sometimes to say it again, we're on the struggle bus and we need that's a that's a Christ bridegroom thing, right? Do you guys say that? I think
1: We do say it. I don't know, though, that it's like politically correct. I feel like it's maybe... Really? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where that phrase originated, is what I mean.
0: (laughs) Okay. Let's Google it. Don't Google it, listeners. Don't Google it. Don't Google it. (laughs) Nobody Uh, Google it. Not that I mind being politically incorrect about many things, but um, Caroline is rolling her eyes at us. (laughs) So, uh, oh, anyway, so... So I think it's it's true that one person usually will not get no, will not take it personally or at least
1: Oh which of the two, Father <laughs> Michael?
0: What are you <laughs> Look, what are I'm, you trying I'm to not, say? I'm not trying to dig myself even deeper here. But I, I, I think there's a, yeah. I mean it's true, but I, I think that's the case is that is that two members of a couple <laughs> 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 both members both members of a couple um need, need to understand oh. that just because you won't be offended by something does not mean that the person won't be offended by it and if you are offended by it, it doesn't mean that the person will be offended by it and so you talk these things out like we did would, if, if I ever need 10 minutes of silence, can I tell you and will you take it personally and I can honestly admit it would be kind of nice, no, I'm just kidding I, I can honestly admit like I, I would not take that personally and then you were humble enough to say you would take it personally <laughs> There we go. Agreed.
1: Let's <laughs> no, just agree that I'm the more prideful of the two of us. <laughs>
0: no, I don't, I don't think it's pride. I really don't.
1: I think it's pride.
0: I don't think it's pride. I think it's, I think it's well, you know, well, okay. So what, what, what is the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario is...
1: I feel like this is actually kind of our topic at this point. Oh, So okay. let's...
0: We transitioned in. Banter yeah. at 8.52.
1: Okay, so in case in case uh, people skipped the banter, in case you're a hashtag banter hater... Um,
0: oh, I see. We'll see. I'll say 8.30. Shame
1: on you. I shouldn't even actually um, <laughs> give you an update. But in case you are a banter hater, we're talking about <laughs> the difference between Father Michael and I in that um, if I asked him for... Ten minutes of silence, um, basically ten minutes of please don't speak to me. I'm sick of you right now. Then he wouldn't be offended. But if the reverse happened, I would be offended. <laughs> See the
0: way the way you described it, because <laughs> that's not what we said. It's not. I'm sick of you right now. <sighs> so I, I think I, I think that's it. So if if I where where would your brain you 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 said it's pride. I don't think it is. But where would your where would your prideful brain if that's the case? Where would it go if I said? you know what, I'm sorry, I just need, I need 10 minutes of silence right now.
1: Um, it absolutely would go to, um, <clears throat> I'm annoying, you're sick of me, and you don't want to hear from me right now. Okay, so... But if I were to say to you that I need 10 minutes of silence, then it would be like, I just need a minute with my thoughts and... Um,
0: Ooh, okay. Let me, let me say something okay. to that then. I, and this, this is, this is seeming a bit like spiritual trash, but that's okay. Oh my um, gosh. This no, is I, horrible. I, I think.
1: I'm not in a good mood right now. So <laughs> <I'm Michael. laughs>
0: I think, and I, I, please take this right way. I probably shouldn't say this since you're not in an alcoholic right now. Oh
1: my gosh. No, what is happening? I, no,
0: I just, I think that, I think, uh, let's put it this way. If, if, if you said to me, I'm sick of you right now. I'm annoyed by you. I need 10 minutes of silence.
1: I would not actually say that.
0: But see, even if you did, that wouldn't hurt me. <laughs> I, I know I know. if I think it would hurt most people, but but I know I get annoyed by people. Mm. And it doesn't mean I, I don't love them. It doesn't mean I don't want to hang out. It doesn't mean I don't want to be best friends. Mm-hmm. It's like, just because I get annoyed. If someone gets annoyed with me, I'm like, that's a thing that happens. We get annoyed by each other. Mm. It, it does not actually affect the relationship.
1: Sure.
0: And, but I, I get why, it's like, as a priest, I hear so many times people say, you know, I know this with my head but not with my heart. Mm. Right? And that's how we all are. I know this, I know with my head that we get annoyed with each other and that sometimes we need a break. I'm mm-hmm. saying in general. Humans, yeah, yeah, Right? Sometimes we need a break. And, and,
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking and, in general <laughs> right now. I'm not talking about you.
0: <laughs> and we, we need a break and 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 so they're like, okay, that, that would be nice. That, we, I know in my head that doesn't have to affect the relationship, mm-hmm. but yes, I get it. Why that may, to quote in the heart and quote, may, it may just hurt. Mm-hmm. And I, and I don't want to, I don't want to acknowledge that reality because as soon as I acknowledge it, it's going to, it's going to bring me pain. But mm-hmm. I think maybe it's just because I'm so phlegmatic, mm-hmm. but I know I get annoyed by people. So I do not get mad when they say they get annoyed by me mm-hmm. or even need a break. Like I, I have friends here in LA. Who, who I am the weird 45 year old priest that hangs out with a bunch of 20 and 30 year old people that are in the entertainment world. Mm -hmm. Like, I know how weird that is. So, if, if they just told me this is not, this is not a party, like you're going to see an invite on Instagram, I'm going to ask you not to go because it's like, it's, it's not, it's not a place where we want a priest who's going to actually. Hold us accountable and make us feel bad and things like that. Like I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Or even this is not a place for you. You know, I, I I know that there are situations where that's the case, and yet I also know that that I see if that happened, I I can say like it would there would be an aspect of getting hurt, mm-hmm. and I, I would be it wouldn't be like be, I'd be kind of disappointed. I'm just like in heaven. This is never going to happen in heaven. We're going to want each other around all the time. It doesn't matter what group of friends we're with. All of our groups of friends are going to get together because we're all one in Christ, et cetera. But in the meantime, I, I insert myself into situations and friend groups where I, it's very unusual where a priest would be part of that. So I get it. If there's an uneasiness to that, I also get it. If they just ignore me Mm -hmm. because it's hard to say, we just don't want you there. Mm -hmm. But I also, I also get the ignore and I, I don't judge the ignoring and yet i I've, I've told people before like i'm going to assume that you love me until you speak up or unless i really <laughs> get a deep hint like i don't want to be, be the guy that doesn't get hints but but yeah so I, I i think there's are we talking about confidence here i don't know what we're talking about
1: you're talking about confidence okay. <laughs> <laughs> um i think no i think it's it's a good point to make because um yeah i think that you actually touched on the root problem there, which is that, like if if you say, if you say like I just need a break right now, give me ten minutes or whatever, um, we should just agree to have this in our relationship so that I can grow in humility. But um, then I might correctly assume it's because I'm annoying you and you just need a break. Um, but the implication there. In my mind, the the incorrect assumption there is that something about my very being is an annoyance, you know? Yeah. Um, And so I think you're right that, like, this is the problem. Like, you can acknowledge, Father Michael, because you have the confidence, the trust in relationship— sometimes the presumption within relationship. Um, and that wasn't a joke. I meant it seriously. Totally and you you, um, you
0: have absolutely called me out on that before.
1: Um, yes. You
0: have right here sitting in this in this place, I don't know about this table, but right here in this little courtyard at my church, you have said, you presume on my friendship.
1: Well, yeah, <laughs> I have said that. Um, yeah. That's not what this episode is okay. about. So, <laughs> but um, I think that, because you have that that confidence in relationship, you can acknowledge they're annoyed by me right now. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with me. It could be because they're tired. It could be because they're thinking but that's of other the things. Thing.
0: I also, it has everything to do with me. Right. And I get it.
1: No, but I mean, let me finish. Okay. Sorry. Let me finish. Um, but that, like, it probably has nothing to do with me. Like, it could be all of these other factors. I could say these things or do this thing at a different point in time, and it wouldn't be annoying at all. But even if it is me, like, it's not about my being. It's not about my right. existence. Yes. It's not something that's a determining factor in our relationship. It's not altering their love for me. It's not altering the way that they see me. It's not altering any of those things. Um, and... um I don't know. I think that so many of us just walk around with such fear in relationship that um, it's like there's any threat to the relationship and it just pokes those insecurities and it just, um, um, yeah, I don't know.
0: I also don't, I, I just, I'm getting annoyed at myself right now because I, You're getting annoyed I, at getting yourself? Annoyed Do you need 10 this, minutes this, away from this yourself? This Do you need a I 10 minute break it. from yourself? I'm getting annoyed at <laughs> myself because I sound like an arrogant, you know what? Like, <laughs> I really do. Like I, I sound like I'm totally healthy and I'm I never have these unhealthy moments of insecurity or anything like that. And I of course I do. Of course I do. But it's like I, I think I
1: But they come out for you in different ways, I think.
0: Yeah, it's they do, but it's also like I I have such foundational moments of love and friendship that when that hits me
1: those sirens are so loud. You're gonna have to yeah. just wait a second.
0: Okay. We, when, we have a
1: truck driver who listens, and they said whenever they hear the sirens coming from your end, <laughs> they like think that there's sirens on the road.
0: <laughs> I, that makes sense. Um, I, I think that you can tell that Walter's mom asked him not to bother us. Cause he's like Cause looking, he's looking he's at us looking like he wants us, to bother us. he's like, us, I but... still want to go over there, but I've been told not to.
1: I know. I kind of want to call him over, but I don't want to get him in trouble. Hi Walter.
0: <laughs> he's waving. <laughs> and he won't even look at us. He's like, if I look at them, I'll be tempted to go over there. Um,
1: <laughs> Mom's going to yell at me for looking at
0: them. <laughs> um, so so yes, so in those moments, but I, I have these these memories to go back to. Mm. And this is why I love the namnesses so much. This, this concept of like remembering the good times because I can remember quite quickly, I'll call to mind probably as a defense mechanism first, but then it's actually healthy. Um, I can call to mind a moment where I realized how loved I was mm. or I realized how deep this friendship was that it's not going to go away because of something like this. And mm-hmm. those memories come and then I'm okay.
1: Um, okay. So what I actually want to talk about on this episode, um, or at least the first thing that I want to talk about, I don't know. I'm just sharing a few different ponderings that I've been having recently, but is, it was inspired by a conversation I had today with a friend, um, Kevin. Um, I call him Sir Kevin. Hi, Carolina. Um, you're fine. You don't have to apologize.
0: Did you tell Walter not to come bug us? It's okay. very obvious. We can tell. Yeah. <laughs> he, he wouldn't even like look us in the eye.
1: He's he's doing great. He's really wonderful. <laughs> he is doing great. <laughs> um, that's great. Um, she nodded yes, by the way. Okay. She did tell him. Um, I'm letting our listeners know since okay, they can't use yeah. me here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. She did say that she told him not to bother us. So um, my friend, uh, whom I call Sir Kevin, um, he and I were talking about... Um, The documentary, he's seen the documentary. He went to see it when uh, it was showing in Missouri. Now we have a very loud plane going (laughs) overhead. This is like a terrible spot to record. Oh, he's venturing a little closer (laughs) with his toy plane. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And um, we were talking about the documentary. We were, because he was kind of asking me, like, how I feel about it, how it's affected me, um, what it's like to have just like i guess such a scope such a wide scope um of people who know about me like becoming famous is basically the word that i just have been really trying to avoid saying for the last 20 seconds cuz it sounds really weird but mm-hmm. um he was like what's it like to be like becoming famous <laughs> and as we were talking about it you know he said um he said that what he thinks is very attractive about me for people is the fact that I'm truly myself. Um, and so the reason I think this ties into what you're saying is you and I would handle, um, hearing that from the other very differently. The thing about the 10 minutes, um, we would both take that very differently. Um, I think I would take it from a much more broken place than you, but I think that there are other things in life that you receive from a more broken place than me. Um, So I don't think that you're just like objectively a better human because of this. Um, But then also um, like there have just been a lot of things over the past week as we've been hanging out that I'm just like, we are just such different people. And, And we've been talking about complementarity and how it's, um, like seeing you and Cameron Frad, I'm just like you guys are so similar, and I can't relate. And then I'm talking with Matt, and I'm like, "Yep, this I can relate to." <laughs> and, um, and, but it's just like there's such a beauty there because I didn't feel insecurity like being with you and Cameron or being with like there's this this growth in I don't feel insecure being around people who are different than me. Um, and that's only been kind of a recent thing over the past several months. And especially even just over the past couple of weeks, this, this growth in like comfortability with who I am. Um, and it's been there to a degree for a long time, which I think is what Kevin, Kevin is seeing is just that, like, I don't know that it's necessarily... I am myself because I'm confident in being myself. I think it's always been kind of like, I am myself because I'm just a bad actor. And so I don't know how to be anyone else. Um, but I think this like coming to know who we are and coming to love who we are is a really, really important thing that has to happen for each of us. Um because, you know, I mentioned you and I were on Pints with Aquinas recently. It's probably coming out about the same time as this this podcast episode, actually. But um, I realized when I was telling my vocation story recently that I was just supremely miserable when I was in, like, my first year of college. And I was miserable because I just hated myself so much. Um, I didn't like anything about myself. And um, I didn't know anything about my own identity. And so um, I was miserable because the only person that you have to spend the rest of your life with is yourself, right? And so if you don't like yourself, that's just a really miserable way to live. And um, and so I started, only in, in hindsight do I see how much I was seeking my identity in the people around me. I was seeking my identity in, um, yeah, just my friends in the guys that I was in relationship with and it's like, well, if they think I'm funny, then maybe I can think I'm funny and I can like myself. If if they think I'm attractive, maybe I can think I'm attractive and I can like myself. And all of these things um, that we do to try to convince ourselves that we're likable by becoming likable to other people. But then we're not actually revealing ourselves to them entirely because we're pretty sure if we do reveal ourselves entirely, then we're no longer gonna be liked, much less loved, and that um, then we're just going to continue to not like and not love ourselves. So um, I, I just really appreciate this. Um, I got an email from Kevin. Um, I asked him if I could share the, the last paragraph of it. Um, he said, this was after our conversation today. He said, no reason to be self-conscious mother Natalia, just be the awkward train wreck and quote unquote, saint you are. This is what the church and the world needs. Real people living in reality, This is where God is. And the more we live in reality, the more we will draw people to God. Um, And this, this, Ooh, sorry, that was loud. This living in reality is something that Kevin and I talked about on the phone today um, or on zoom, because it's just becoming like more and more apparent to me that as much as we try to hide ourselves our true selves from other people um, and even hide our true selves from ourselves, like we're only missing an opportunity for encounter with God because God can only act in reality. Like he doesn't act in fantasy. He doesn't act in the person that we wish we were. He doesn't act in the person that we think we should be. He acts in the person who is. He acts only in reality and only in the present. You know, the other thing I talked about on, the Pines with Aquinas interview is, um, I, I we took this class on monasticism as a community, and when um, when the priest was talking about logismoi, the the kind of distracting thoughts that that come in, um, that all the fathers talk about, ninety nine percent of the time the fathers talk about logismoi, they're talking about them as negative thoughts. Um, every once in a while, you'll hear. Um, a father talk about logismoi, um, the possibility of logismoi being positive, but um, overwhelmingly they're talked about as being negative. So um, these distracting thoughts that come in, the priest when he was talking about them, he said logismoi are always about either the past or the future. They're always a pulling out of the present because God acts in the present, and and what the devil wants is always to distract us from the present and that sounds obvious, but then as I started, like as I was praying the Jesus prayer and the times after that, um, every time I got distracted from the Jesus prayer, if I paid attention to what thought was distracting me, always it's the past or the future. It's never, ever, ever the present. Um, and I just realized like, it's not even like, well, usually it's pulling you out of the present. No, it's never the present. Like anytime we're distracted, it's because we're, we're thinking about the past or the future. And... Um, and so it's like, again, it's a being pulled out of reality because we can't change the past and we can't affect the future. Of course, we need to we need to sometimes think about the past, um, but only in the sense of how it affects the present, right? And we need to plan for the future, but only in the sense of what it means we need to be doing right now in the present for the future. Um, it can't be a living in the past or living in the future. And it's just, so I, I guess it's like, you know, I when I went to confession at some point recently, the my confessor said to me, um, I was like, I was confessing this acha- attachment that I had realized. And um and I confessed also, I think, um, the shame I felt about the attachment, um, because the shame was also a sin. And and he was like, you know, we always have this temptation, like when we when we realize some something. When we become newly aware of some sin within us, some attachment or something like that, the temptation is to feel shame about that. But actually, there should be like a rejoicing and a gratitude because the attachment is there. It was there before we acknowledged it. <laughs> and so, the acknowledging it, the realizing it is a great gift. Sepulveda. Um, Boulevard, <laughs> the the realizing it is a great gift because now we can do something about it. Now we can say, "Oh look, I see that this is here. I'm now acknowledging the reality. God can enter into that reality."
0: Yeah, I've always been, I've always been a little bit unsure. So thank you for explaining it, like what that means to live in the present, to focus on the present, um, because it has been, it has been annoying. Because I think that's just. That's kind of a cop out.
1: If it's annoying, you can take 10 minutes away from it.
0: (laughs) It's, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a cop out because you're saying, you're saying like, I, it's almost like an escape. Mm. I'm escaping from responsibility for the future. I'm escaping from maybe harm I've done in the past to, to just escape and and live in the present. Mm. But I like what you said. You can, you can, Analyze the present. Sometimes we need these escapes. Of course we do, but, but, but like we can, we can almost like analyze the past from the perspective of the present. Mm-hmm. And then we actually have hope. Then it, it's not, it, what, how am I? I'm a different person because of the past. Um, and I, I can say that has affected the present, mm-hmm. but I don't let it define it. And then I can say, what do I do right now to plan for the future? And that, in a sense, could keep, keep me not an escape, but it, but, keep me from worrying Mm -hmm. because there's only so much I can do at this moment and I do that that I can do to affect a better better future and then I rest Mm -hmm. and I have to be content with what I can do in this moment Um that's the brilliance of you know you hear these life coaches say you know schedule in leisure time and I have found that to be so incredibly helpful when you when you schedule in leisure time to your day then then when you're in that time you just have to like, deny any feelings of guilt for not doing something right now because this is scheduled in, that this is prayerfully and, and an attempt at wisdom chosen that this is what I need at this moment and i'm going to take it and i'm i'm this 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 uh, what i'm doing right now is i am making sure that when the next moment comes along when i maybe i'm supposed to be focusing or working that i'm more ready for that because of this moment um so yeah th- it's not an escape that we live in the present moment it's it's a it's a like you said a, a leaning into reality which is the only place that god can actually work i like that a lot
1: yeah and in fact like it's so not an escape that sometimes it means that we need to be confronting the past or the future within the present, even mm-hmm. when we don't want to. It's like, um, we have to deal with this. We have to acknowledge this. Like, we have to acknowledge that this thing from my past is coming up right now. Yeah. Because if I don't acknowledge it, again, I'm not living in reality. Yeah. Um, and to ignore it is just another missed encounter with yep. God. So
0: I like that a lot. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Um, so the other, the other thing... That I wanted to talk about is um, that's related to this is Matt Matt Frad also brought something up on the Pines with Aquinas show um, that it's it was interesting because I've been kind of praying with this for the past few weeks, but I couldn't until he said it I couldn't have articulated what it was that I was praying with it was just like something that was kind of there. He was talking about he said something along the lines of like it's difficult to live with, to be in relationship with someone who's broken. Um, and we would all say, well, yeah, obviously. And then he said, but it's also difficult to live with, to be in relationship with someone who's healing or someone who's been healed. And, excuse me, the example he gave was he said, say there's a married couple. And um, he he wasn't talking about his own marriage, but just um, he was giving just kind of a, a hypothetical example, he said, say the woman in the marriage um, like struggles with conflict resolution. She's never had fruitful conflict resolution. And so in their marriage, whenever there's some kind of tension, some kind of conflict, she just does whatever is needed to appease her husband, basically, like to keep peace, um, or her husband or her kids or wherever the conflict is. She just does whatever is needed to keep peace um, as opposed to resolving the conflict. And then let's say she like experiences some healing. She realizes this isn't the healthiest way to resolve conflict um, because it's not a resolution at all. (laughs) And um, I actually need to be having fruitful conflict resolution and like healthy conflict. And so then she starts to learn how to do that. She starts to learn how to actually process things through and um, to say like, no, I think in the long run, this isn't the better thing for me to just like, do whatever I need to right now to keep the peace. Um, I need to actually voice what's happening inside of me and so on and so forth. And then um, that's obviously in some sense going to be harder um, to live with for, for the husband, for the children, (laughs) you know, like they are no longer just like getting their way whenever there's a conflict, they're no longer um, just being able to, to have as much like of that superficial peace in their household. Um, even though the deep peace was lacking and, but then in the long run, obviously I'm, I'm expounding on this a lot more than Matt did, but then, um, in the long run, obviously like this is what's better for the marriage and this is what's better for the family to have healthy conflict resolution as opposed to just like avoiding it. Right. Um, but in the moment it feels more difficult and it feels, um, maybe even more painful, um, And yeah, I'm just, I'm realizing this in my own life because, um, as I'm growing in that confidence in myself and in that, um, trying to live in reality and it's like, I'm becoming more deeply aware of my own goodness and beauty, um, while at the same time becoming more deeply aware of the things in me, like the places in me that are broken and wounded and need healing. And so, um... Again, like becoming aware of my brokenness is not a distressing thing. It's a very beautiful thing because the brokenness was there whether I not acknowledged it or not. And so now that I'm acknowledging it, um, I can encounter God there. I can receive healing, all of that. Um, and so as I, as all of that starts to happen, um, I'm realizing places in my relationships that it's making those relationships more difficult on a superficial level or maybe in the immediate sense, but I know it's going to be for, for like much better in the long run. You know, it's like an example could be two friends who um, are very close in their relationship because they gossip a lot, right? Like gossip can be very bonding. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, they get together, they talk about all these other people um, in a gossipy way, and um, and maybe they even by some grace like aren't gossiping about each other to other people, but right. they're like this is just the place of gossip. Um, but then if if one or both of them are convicted that they shouldn't be gossiping anymore, like mm. we know that that's better yeah. in the long run for yeah. their relationship. Um, but it's going to to feel like they're gonna feel a lot more distant from each other. Uh, because they no longer have that bonding thing, um, but the places that they are bonding in this like new season of relationship is going to be um, the more real bonds and um the more meaningful bonds and um, yeah, does that make sense
0: yeah yeah i he you 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 right you have gone into a lot more you've gone a lot deeper than, than he did. Um, but that, that makes sense. And I, the other comedian one time, and this is funny, it's just not good, but he did say, you know, people talk all about the time about it's, you know, when people, it's good for a couple to like the same things, but he says, I have found it much more beneficial actually if a couple hates the same things. Mm -hmm. And then he just gave a bunch of examples of like, Walking down the street together, and then just mocking people, mm-hmm. and th- we both have the same negative sense of humor. Like we both make mm-hmm. fun of the same people, we both laugh at the same misfortunes, mm-hmm. things like that. And It's like, okay, that that that's funny for a stand-up comedian. I hope he's not uh, that's not real, but I know in, in a lot of cases that is real. In, and that that's I think I mean I had my best friend and I there were there were three of us for a while that would hang out all the time together, and that's one of the reasons why the one guy kind of split off from the friendship is that we went from. We went from all getting in a lot of trouble together to then the two of us started having pangs of conscience mm-hmm. sooner than the other. And we'd, we'd go on these, these projects and usually they were getting in trouble. Um, you know, and so we would say, you know what? Two of us would be like, you know, we'd say to each other, yeah, I don't know. I'm starting to feel a little guilty about this thing we're doing. And then I was like, you know what? I am too. We go to the third guy and he's like, ah, I love it. Let's mm-hmm. keep doing it. And, and it was just like that happened enough times where we just said, you know what? Like, this is we, we need we knew the best thing to do is I'm trying to halfway wait out the airplane. Uh, I will wait out the airplane. Bye airplane.
1: That was not um Walter's fake airplane. That
0: did did you sure. hear, yeah? Did you hear that little girl on the airplane when we were coming here? Um Bye Denver. Bye Denver. She was like, No, but that's uh, real cute. She was like, bye Denver by Colorado. Bye Colorado, bye Colorado. Yeah, we had a layover in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Um so uh I the one friend
1: did not have. The oh, the one of friend conscience. did not have, the, and
0: and and after a while, it just happened so many times mm-hmm. that it was like, you know, we we said, my friend Eric and I said, you know what, we we're actually starting to do, we're starting to get in trouble less and less, and that's a good thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this guy was just trying to urge <clears> us to to keep continue doing the things we were doing, and it didn't. And you know, it's just the 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 deep friendship that was so exclusive in that way was was just done. Um, so, but yeah, it, it, it's definitely, I, I, there's this thing called the focus inventory, F O C C U S inventory that you give to couples that are preparing to get married.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, you have, you either, you take it separately, it's an inventory, and then you compare answers and, uh, you either hit agree, disagree, or un- uncertain on things. And then, and then you, whatever, if it comes up a disparity, then the coordinator gets a little readout and says, Oh, okay. These are the things that we need to talk about. Um, but that, that's, that's one of those things that I think is so incredibly important because if. The, the, the reasons why it'll get pinged for further discussion is, is if anybody puts uncertain, then it's like, okay, you need to talk about this. If they put different answers, if uh-huh. one puts certain, one puts uncertain, then it begins. But it also gets pinged if they both said certain on something that the program thinks should be uncertain mm. or puts uncertain on something that the programs think should be certain. So there's definitely a, you could be in agreement about this, but it may still kill the marriage. Mm-hmm. Like you could be in agreement about this, but it still may be the wrong thing, you mm-hmm. know? And so they, they're able to make judgments. It's not really an objective thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I my my favorite my favorite question on there to this day is: um, Do you want to see your future spouse naked?
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> and
1: have and, you ever had someone put? Oh on yes, certain? I
0: have. i I know I've had I've had um, what was it? what did I just how, how did I ask the question?
1: Do you want to see your? Do
0: you future want to see? I, I I had a no one time, and I and as I'm preparing for that marriage prep, I'm like, do I call this individual? apart and talk about um, it or do and so or i sat, bring
1: that up in front of you cannot bring that up in front of the spouse right the future spouse right that it, would be like horribly wounding
0: but i did
1: <gasps> father michael <laughs> but i was like no would, you're such a I would, man I, would, I,
0: would, I was i was oh. sitting there i was sitting there and <laughs> and and as i'm looking through this i go um and i i'm very serious of course and i go wait
1: was it the man or the woman who said they didn't want to
0: I I don't remember. Okay, honestly, I don't remember. But it was, and I I said you know very seriously. I like this 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 could be. I mean, again, like sometimes I think another question is, or maybe even the only question is. I maybe mixing it up. is like. I'm afraid of my future spouse seeing me naked, and that's a very different thing. That's that, totally different. Yeah, that's yeah. Be a very different, different thing. But but whatever this was, no, no, you're right. It, maybe that may be two different questions. Definitely, one of them was I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing my future spouse naked, um, and 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 so I brought it very seriously, and the person's like, wait, I put that. <laughs> So said, it was just an accident. It was an accident. They circled the yeah. wrong thing. But, but okay. I, I don't want to, I don't want to make anybody feel ashamed. Like, if you're listening to this and, and you would have put, mother just looks horrified. Right now.
1: <laughs> I'm so horrified. No,
0: like, like if, if you, again, talk to your priest, talk to your counselor, talk to your spouse, talk to your parents, whatever, talk to, but like that may be the case. And that's why they put it on there, you know. But, but if, if both, if both, the whole point I'm getting to is if both members of the couple that are preparing to get marriage married, if they both, Put the like the answer that is unhealthy mm-hmm. for like of of course you should want to see your future spouse naked of of course you should be allowing them and open to allowing them to see you naked something that they probably want right so if you both put the wrong answer it still gets pinged and that makes sense mm-hmm. right you know you're not well, anyway, I won't go into the details of how
1: <laughs> <laughs> the advice that would give, that would give.
0: Um but yeah so so yeah there, there's definitely we can and this is like one of my, one of my uh, missions is to, is to convince the world, the secular world around me here in LA that just because we feel it doesn't mean it's right. Yeah. Just because I want to do it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. I think if we can get through our heads that just because I feel this way, I may be feeling a way that is hurtful to me and to others or both. And again, in a world that doesn't accept physical truth and or era, objective truth and beauty and goodness, it's really hard to convince people of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, except, you know, I think this is why I actually like people that are in rehab or AA because like they've had to admit, I thought one way at one point mm-hmm. and it actually harmed me. And now I have to think a different way. So if I'm thinking a way now, I may be wrong. Mm-hmm. What I think or what I feel right now may be wrong. Um, and I think that's such a, a humble but incredibly helpful way to go through life. Um, again, that that's why we have a church that that guides us towards the truth, and we have to stand humbly before the fact that we may be wrong. Um, so yeah, so I, I think, and when when a, but it's even harder, as you said, when a couple does that, because when I get affirmation for my wrong way of thinking, whether it's mm-hmm. from the internet or from a friend or from a spouse, especially from a spouse, is like if I know this is wrong, but well, my spouse does it too, and they like, and we kind of we we both do it, so. We, we should both, we both need to continue doing it because if one of us stops, then it'll make me feel really bad. And I may actually want to stop hanging out with this person because I want to hang out with people that actually affirm the things I want to do, even if it's wrong.
1: Yeah. And, and I would say, like, the advice that I would give is um, like, try to have great patience. Um, if you are the one experiencing the healing, try to have great patience for the friends and the family. Who are having to like go through that healing with you wow. or alongside you? Yeah. Um, because it's also you know I always feel this way, and I I give this advice to people who are um, like families of of discerners, for example. Um, it's like I was discerning my vocation for quite a while before, say, my mom had to like deal with it. You know, <laughs> and so like. I had the time that she didn't have. Yeah. I needed to also yeah. give her the time call. to get to this point and to receive this. And um, especially because for me, it was very much a like, I came to this conclusion or this decision on my, not on my own, right? Like God was there, you were there, Father Michael, et cetera. But like, I came to this decision, I accepted it. Whereas for her, it was kind of, it was like given to her, right? It's like, this is what's happening now deal. And, and... Yeah. And obviously, that's a good thing, and it was a beautiful thing. And and my mom is like so grateful for my vocation. But um, but similarly, if you're the one experiencing the healing, you have in some sense opened yourself to this this healing and accepted this healing. Um, because we're never healed without accepting it, right? <laughs> um, and so you've kind of like chosen this, which is a good. But then the people around you, um, like you have to give them the space and the time and the patience um, to also kind of be alongside you in your healing. Do you know what I mean? Can you articulate that any better? I don't know.
0: No, I, I think it's, I mean, obviously we want to support people on both sides and encourage, like if you have someone healing in your life, Try to recognize the fact that they're healing and support them. In that, even if it's annoying, Mm -hmm. you know, even even if they seem like a different person, Mm -hmm. you know, this is going to be good for them. And 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 the best thing you can do is to kind of allow sacrifice. You know, allow if this person is getting better, and that means sacrifice for me. Then that's a worthy sacrifice. Mm -hmm. I think this is you see this all the time in kind of self help posts on Facebook and things like that or Instagram. You know, someone will say. Like if you're growing beyond your friends, grow beyond your friends. You know, and it's it's very flippant. I don't right. like it, but you know, if if the people around you are trying to pull you down or slow you down or get in your path, ditch them. You mm-hmm. know, it's mm-hmm. like okay, yeah, I mean that day may come. Um, but what I you know what I said is that if people around you are growing, let them grow, support mm-hmm. their growth, even if it's harder for you. Obviously, that's the virtuous thing to do, and the other way around, like you said, if you're if you're on the if you're on the healing side, understand that you may be. You may be growing at a different pace than people around you, or mm-hmm. they may, they may, it may take a while for them to accept that, that this is, that the new you is actually a better you. And, and, and you getting there may not be as fun for them as, 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 a, as you used to be. Um, you know, this is definitely the case with people that, you know, drinking buddies. Right. Right. You need, you need to, you need to stop hanging out with them because if you hang out with them when they're drinking, you're going to drink it again. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, look, like, I can't hang out with you when you're drinking. And I was like, dude, you used to be fun. Yeah. I like, We used to have so much fun and now you're not even drinking? Come on, I like you. You're, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. I don't like you sober. It's like. Okay, well, you know, if if the person who's getting sober can say, you know, I'm going to be patient with them, but I have to put my boundaries. I cannot drink around them. They can drink around me. But if they want to come hang out and not drink, I'll be patient with them, you know. And, and then the person, hopefully, who's, who's still drinking and maybe they don't have a problem and they can drink, but the other friend can't. So you go, okay, I'm going to be, this is, we have to, for the sake of the individual rather than the time, you know, mm-hmm. I love the person more than I love hanging out with them. Yeah. And so I'm going to support that.
1: And and we see this all the time with uh when someone experiences a conversion, right? Yeah. Like I can't tell you how many times people have come to me and they've said it, and I've experienced it in my own life and with my family and but people come to me and they're like I've had this huge conversion, I've come to the church, like I was living this pagan life with my spouse and like they haven't accepted Jesus. And so um what am I supposed to to do and like why can't they just and and they can get like really frustrated that their spouse or their friends or whatever are still living the life they were before and it's like yeah like you came to this place and you like you're the one who's changed not them for the better right for the better um but um yeah to just to just like know that that's going to happen and to not i guess not be surprised by it um and um yeah I guess to just
0: realize that a piece of wisdom my mom gave me and then I'm going to make this quick because we are running out of time but a piece of wisdom my mom gave me that, that I've maybe, maybe mentioned before but it like really helped a woman when we were in Denver at that dinner mm-hmm. um, was that when I and I know I've shared this before but I, I came home one time and I walked past the laundry room. my mom was doing my laundry even mm-hmm. though I was an adult and she and she, she was just going to grab it um, but she was, she literally like was holding one of my shirts up to throw in the laundry and she could smell it. So she like, she kind of smelled it closer and was, and I, and she's like, Michael, I so she said, I, I, your shirt smells like pot. Like I smell where I want in the shirt. And, and she said, I know it's not you. I know you're not smoking pot, but you're obviously hanging out with people who are. And she was spot on. Like, I don't know how many parents would actually know their kid and trust their kid well enough to, to say that. Like, okay, your shirt smells like pot. What? Like what percentage of stu- of kids, teenagers whose shirt smells like pot and they're not smoking pot, mm-hmm. right? It's so small, but that's was the case with me. I've still never tried pot, right? So it's like, but she said, you're going to get in trouble by your connection with these potheads. So if they're smoking pot around you, if the cops come then you're going to get in trouble like they are. And, and I was like, well, I, I don't care if I do. You know, I want to be a good example to them for my friends. I think, you know, it's nice for my groups of friends to have that one guy who doesn't smoke, you know, so I can be a good example to them. And my mom said in her wisdom, she said, do you really think that if any of your friends want to get out of that habit, if they want to stop smoking or drinking, if they want to stop something, are they really going to go to you who's right there? Right. Mm. You hang out with all those people. Like they're going to want to have new friends that don't, that aren't even close because mm. if they hang out with you, you're still hanging out with the same pothead friends, mm-hmm. you know? So, and they're going to want to get away from that. So, like, they're going to have to go find other people. If you really want to help them. Then you may hang hang out with them at work, you may hang out with them after work for a bit, but if if they 're doing something that they don't want to do or that you know is not good for them, then you need to step away and then they 'll see you step away and they 'll say i i I could probably step away too like mm-hmm. they want friends away from that community and i and anyway, this woman we were talking with it really helped her, and I thought that's that's just a good thing and it's mm-hmm. but it's so hard for the personality like mine to step away from friendships or to put boundaries even. It is just it's hard. Like that that that's where my insecurities come in. Mm-hmm. Um, am I really doing the right thing? Because I treasure my relationship so much that having to put up boundaries in any relationship is a very, very hard thing to do. Because um, I, I do risk losing the friendship altogether.
1: Preacher be preaching to my pew. Yeah. So. Oh, it's because 'cause you're actually a preacher. <laughs> I use <laughs> I use that <laughs> phrase a lot, but like you're actually a preacher. Yeah. Um but I don't usually use a pew, so nice. <laughs> um Great. Well, um, thank you. I feel like there's one other thing I was going to say about that, but I don't remember what it was. Be patient. Allow the time. I don't know. Just be healed. Oh, um, I was going to just say like, just remembering that if you are, um, like Father Michael said, if you are the one who someone around you is experiencing healing and, um, that's frustrating, um, and they seem not as fun, or they seem not as whatever. Like, I guess just remembering that if this really is what's best for them, then that means it's also what's best for the relationship. Just objectively, um, you know we we say this all the time when we're talking about discerners in our with our monastery. Like, if if there's ever someone that we feel is not called to our monastery. Um, we want to be honest with them about that because, um, and we don't want to ever worry about just, we want more numbers or something because if whatever is best for the discerner is what's best for the community as well. Like, and if it's not good for them to be with us, then it's not good for us either. Mm -hmm. And, um, and if it is good for them to be with us, then it's good for us too. Mm -hmm. Um, So just remembering that as well, of just whatever, even if it doesn't feel surface level, it doesn't feel, um, as fun or as enjoyable or whatever. Um, if it really is what's for the deeper good, then it's, then it's ultimately what's best for the relationship as well.
0: Yeah.
1: No. So, yeah. Um, I've experienced this particularly with boundaries, like with my friends, um, I've been doing a better job, I think, of just, like, putting up good boundaries in my friendships. Um, and I oftentimes don't want to put the boundaries there, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, like, not even just because of what you're saying, Father Michael, about, like, fear in relationship, but, but also just because it's, like, um, I probably shouldn't talk to this person every second of every day. That's not good for either of us. But, like, I really want to, but I don't want to put that boundary there. But I should because it's best in the long run and things like that. So, yeah. Um, Great. Um, you can think of your prayer intention while I do the spiel. Um, you can find us on YouTube, audio only, all of the podcast platforms, uh, our website, whatgodisnot.com. Our email address is whatgodisnotpodcasts at gmail.com. And we have a Patreon page. Um, and you can find us, What God Is Not, on Patreon. That supports both this podcast, but also the other ministries that Father Michael and I do Um I've been able to uh, to take some people out to lunch um, a couple times recently who were homeless and to be able to sit and get to know them a little bit, um, which was a great gift. So thank you for allowing me to be able to do that. Uh, also, just if there's a particular podcast episode that really moves you or that makes you think of someone, I would encourage you to share that episode with them. Um, and... Fotina, our non the one that's supported through Patreon, the website for that is Fotina, P H O dot org. Uh, Goodreads, we're on Goodreads, so that's pretty cool. There's lots of interesting discussions on those feeds. Um, Instagram. Mm, Father Michael's on Twitter, at Padre Michael O. And I think that's everything. Uh, Per intention for me, my parents, David and Barbara, are moving to Ohio this summer. So um, if you could pray for them, uh, they're in the process of selling their house in New York right now and then looking for a house in Ohio. Um, I think it's really beautiful. You know, they the way they're looking for houses they picked the parish that they want and then they mm, told their realtors awesome. 20 minute radius of this parish um and which is really beautiful um and i'm like yeah i don't know that's just really edifying for me so and it's only the area is only like 45 minutes from the monastery so that's nice happy news as well so
0: yeah nice. Um, quick twofold uh, I have a spiritual daughter whose mother was diagnosed with cancer and she's it just got out of surgery like an hour ago um, as we record so please uh, pray for her and pray for the entire family um, and as she recovers and hopefully I have good news to report um, soon and then also uh, right around the time this comes out maybe slightly slightly after this comes out, I'm going to be going to the Holy Land. Um, so please pray for the red bus. I found out that's what my bus is going to be called. Please pray for oh, the whole pilgrimage. Good. There's five buses, um, but there's, and there's five priests. Thank God one priest for each bus. Um, but please pray for Father Michael's bus, my bus, which is the red bus and pray that our pilgrimage goes well. Um, we had a couple injuries last time, last year, we had a woman get COVID um, and have to step away from the pilgrimage and I feel ba- felt bad for her. We also had a woman when we were doing the Stations of the Cross, tripped and fell and had to step away from the pilgrimage for a bit too. Broke her. I don't know if she broke, sprained, but she was gone for a day. Uh, so yeah, so you'll pray. Uh, no injuries. no, you Know that we're all get there safe and have, have the moment that you should have in the Holy Land.
1: I almost lost my pinky in the Holy Land. Oh. I think I've told that story on here before. So I'll okay. remind you of it later. But. <laughs> um Awesome. Well, it's good to record with you in person, Father Michael. And I love you lots, even when you're annoying. Thank you. Do you love me even when I'm annoying?
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I should just say that to you every day, even when you're annoying, I still love you. (laughs) So that if I'm like, you're being annoying right now, I need 10 minutes, then you'll be like, oh, I hear this every day anyway. (laughs) He obviously still loves me.
1: All right. Awesome. Father, can you give us a blessing?
0: May Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you, may you support and empower the healing of others around you. May you be confident and humble and uh, gentle and understanding in your own healing. Uh, May you have friendships and relationships um, who allow you to grow and allow you to take the 10 minute or one hour breaks that you need, even if you're just being annoying. Um, may you understand that for what it truly is. And may you with gentleness respond to those who don't always understand what that is. May you have the true confidence that comes with that. Um, may you understand and live within the reality that is our Lord's kingdom and the only place he can work. May our Lord give you every grace that you need, especially the salvation of your soul. May our Lord bless you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen. Amen.